Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. to the Kingdom Mandate. Join us each Saturday as we share empowering and equipping messages that reflect on the Kingdom of God according to His sovereign will for mankind to remain in His covenant order. Get your clarion call and follow us on Blog Talk Radio, Kingdom Empowerment, Inc. Chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. 
Uh, this week we're going to be going over Isaiah chapter 2, and we'll be reading through 5 through 22. We'll be uh, going a little bit deeper as to um, the rest of what Isaiah was uh, disclosing in this, this chapter. Um, he was talking about the future house of God in, in uh, the 1 through 4. But then he goes on and he begins to pick up the pace and he talks about the days of the Lord. So we're going to read out of the Word of God, um, Isaiah chapter 2, and I'm going to read the um, verses um, 5 through 22. And it starts, it says, O house of Jacob, come ye, and let us walk in the light of the Lord. Therefore, Thou hast forsaken thy people, the house of Jacob, because they be replenished from the east, and are soothsayers like the Philistines, and they have pleased themselves in the children of strangers. Their land also is full of silver and gold, neither is there any end of their treasures. Their land is also full of horses. Neither is there any end of their chariots. Their land also is full of idols. They worship the work of their hands, that which their fingers have made. And and the mean man boweth down, and the great man humbleth himself. Therefore, forgive them not. And he says... Enter into the rock and hide thee in the dust for fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty. The lofty looks of man shall be humbled and the haughtiness of man shall be bowed down and the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. For the day of the Lord of hosts shall be upon everyone that is proud and lofty and upon everyone that is lifted up and he shall be brought low. And upon all the cedars of Lebanon, there are high and lifted up. And upon all the oaks of Bashan, and upon all the high mountains, and upon all the hills that are lifted up. And upon every high tower, and upon every fenced wall, and upon all the ships of Tarshish, and upon all pleasant pictures. And the loftiness of man shall be bowed down, and the haughtiness of men shall be made low. And the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day, glory, hallelujah, and the idols he shall utterly abolish. And they shall go into the holes of the rocks and into the caves of the earth for fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty when he ariseth to shine, to shake terribly the earth. In that day a man shall cast his idols of silver and his idols of gold, which they may made each one of himself to worship, to the moles and to the bats, to go into the clefts of the rocks and to the tops of the ragged rocks for the fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty. And he riseth, he ariseth to shake terribly the earth. Seize ye from man, from man whose breath is in his nostrils, 
for wherein is he to be accounted of? And I read um, from the authorized King James Version, verses 5 through 22, and we're going to discuss it. And I, before we do that, I want to interject a little bit here um, on verses 5 and 6, if we can take a closer look at this, at what's going on in these in these last days that uh, Isaiah is disclosing in Isaiah chapter 2. Um, if we remember um, in the beginning verse in uh, two, chapter 2, verses 2, he said, and it shall come to pass in the last days. So, again, we are talking about the last days, and um, we want to talk about what he's saying in verses 5 and 6 here at this time. He says, O house of Jacob, come ye and let us walk in the light of the Lord. It's, it's kind of like he's reminding them that, you know, what, this house of Jacob, this uh, these Israelites, but we we, we want to look at this Jacob here first of all, because remember Jacob was a, a Jacob first, and then God calls him Israel. So it looks like that they have gone back to the natural man instead of being uh, the new man that God has called Israel to be Israelites. And he's he's referring to him. He's saying, "O house of Jacob." Come ye and let us walk in the light of the Lord. And then he says, Therefore, that thou hast forsaken thy people, the house of Jacob, because that they be replenished from the east and or soothsayers like the Philistines, and they please themselves in the children of strangers. Um, now, we're talking about the last days, and we're also trying to look at what, what is it going to be like? What will those last days uh, be like to the body of Christ in that in this age that he is talking about? And so I'm going to read a different version on that verse 6 because I want to make it um, bring some clarity to it. And I'm reading now the TS 2009 version, which brings out uh, the Hebrew language. And it says, For you have forsaken your people the house of Jacob, because they have been filled with, filled from the east and practice magic like the Philistines, and they are pleased with the children of foreigners. And and so um, according to this version, it's saying that they were practicing magic like the Philistines. And, and when we look at that, you know, God never leave us. He never leave any of his children until they first leave him. And God gave them, you know, his own oracles. He gave them his own script, their, his own scriptures. He sent forth his own seers uh, or, or prophets, as we call now, as we say now, uh, call them now. And and he, instead of looking for his counsel, you know, they were looking for a different counsel uh, of um, magic, and and that wasn't of God. And 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 their uh, God had given them a breastplate of His own judgment, but they didn't like that, so they wanted to go seek soothsayers, uh, the soothsayers of the Philistines, and of the east and they delighted themselves in the arts of divination because that's what the uh philistines were involved in also and so that means that they were hearkening to those who discern by stars clouds 
and by the flight of birds and the entrails of uh, beasts and even um, magic such as horoscopes, magic uh, such as superstitions. And they, they liked those that pretended to discover great secrets. So uh, the Philistines had wiles and tricks that made the people think that, oh, this is a deeper secret than what God has given you. And they were following after. They were looking for things that foretell things uh, to come more than they were God. So uh, the Philistines, I mean, if we were to go back to 1 Samuel 6-2, we can see that the Philistines, Love diviners, and I'll bounce on that. We'll come to First Samuel six two after. Um, I want to open up the phones and allow also uh, Minister Belinda and uh, our dear sister Spencer Tyler uh, to interject as well. Uh, Spencer Tyler, what what is the Lord showing you in that verse uh, five and six that we're talking about today in Isaiah two? And if the Lord is leading you to speak on any of the rest of the scriptures, feel free to do so. I don't want to cage anyone and what the Lord is giving them. Amen. Thank you for having me. Um, and I don't know. I just as you were reading that scripture, what was speaking to me, you know, and you guys. Or you minister Belinda and you are much more seasoned than I am in pillars in the spiritual community. So definitely correct me if I'm wrong here. But I just feel um when you were reading about the soothsayers and divination and magic, it may, it reminded me of the account of in Genesis where Eve um sought, you know, other supernatural advice other than what was already revealed to her as the word. Now, she spoke to or received the word directly from her husband, although Adam received it from the father. And um, it just reminded me of how sometimes we can get in a position, I, you know, Christians today, you know, I don't really know the mainstream thought on magic and what movies and things are good and what are you know, would be unacceptable for a Christian. But it, at any time we're in a position where we're, we we know the word of God and been given the revealed word of God and um, we are seeking advice other than what we got from God, and in this case seeking a demonic source or a source, uh, as you stated, um, so soothsayers or horoscopes and things of that nature or watching movies that are filled with, uh, divination and um, you know things that obviously is not of God you know even some of the movies today you know I'm a mother of two and you know as a Christian I'm always not divided but I'm always looking trying to use discernment in my walk as to what programs and what you know uh, movies would be appropriate you know, for not just a Christian, but a person that's seeking God on the matter. And, I, you know, unfortunately, some Christians today, I know I was just recently talking to a Christian that was delivered from witchcraft. Um, mm. She said how that, you know, her ministry is to deliver others. You know, she had an instance where her own daughter was involved in some type of, you know, witchcraft at home and she was saying how common it is that, you know, children 
you know, or and even some Christians, unfortunately, don't feel like it's inappropriate or that they are inviting, you know, a demonic source, you know, within, you know, their space, within, you know, that, you know, that they're listening to someone else other than God and how subtle that it is. You know, I won't go off and name a bunch of uh, movies and things that, you know, I personally refrain from watching or I personally feel like it's inappropriate. But I just thought about how it's the same, it was the same in Isaiah's day, that our human inclination to want to know the future and want to know the hand of God or, you know, I don't know, I think, I I don't want to go ahead, but I don't know if that example of Samuel is with King Saul who saw the uh, magic crack or in a witch, you know, because he could no longer hear from God and no longer had a spirit that he got desperate to know the outcome of the war. Um, and he went and sought a, you know, poor, you know, a witch, a foreteller. And it just, our human inclination sometimes is to, you know, want to know the future when it impacts us, but it's really haughty. To run run ahead of God like that, and not only that, it doesn't reflect anybody that we know that in the Bible where they waited on God and waited on God to hear from Him. And so, in our desperation, sometimes in our own human frailties, we shouldn't never feel like that we should go to the dark side, so to speak, in order to receive a word or to be comforted or to you know. As uh, some people see people that, you know, in, in get in touch with people on the other side, so, to, you know, supposedly, you know, our, we should be living by the word of God and living by his revealed word and, you know, fight that inclination to run ahead. So that was really what laid upon my heart as you were reading it. I got chills because, you know, I I am learning, starting to learn, you know, in my walk that, you know, like the Bible says, we wrestle not with flesh and blood, that we wrestle with wicked forces in dark places and in high places. You know, we when we seek out these things and we're inviting, you know, another source, it's not nothing to play with. So I don't know. That is what I heard as you were speaking. I don't know. Like I said, I got chills when I heard you read. Yeah, you, you know, and I think um, it is very important that the body of Christ become aware of what, what stage we're in because there's so many people that are easily deceived to grow, to go chasing after things that are not going to satisfy their souls, uh, that's not going to satisfy their connection with God. And when when we go chasing after those things, but whatever our desire is, because that's normally what the devil try to penetrate on, because I'm so glad that you brought up Eve. He he beguiled her. He, he wild, you know, tricks and schemes of the, the devil. And the, the Bible tells us in Ephesians 6, put on the armor of God. Put on the armor of God. And, and when we have the word of God, we'll be equipped enough to where we won't um, allow these deceptive uh, things that the enemy is using the body of Christ off and when we are pressed down when we are in need when we have great desires because a lot of women you know 
is rather unfortunate. They go to psychic, psychics looking for uh, uh, that man or trying to uh, get the man that they have, thinking that the psychic is going to tell them how they're going to be able to pursue this man. You know, is is this man in my future and all of these things. And sometimes they even come to people who are genuinely in, in, the, in God, um, prophets, apostles, teachers, evangelists, and they, they come, they know that they are in God, and they want to talk to them like they're psychic. You know, but if we are genuinely in Christ Jesus, we will put our trust in him and wait upon the Lord. And I love the part that you brought out about uh, the different TV programs, you know, because we have Harry Harry Potter is one of the uh, movies that's out there. Mm-hmm. And, and it teaches about sorcery and witchcraft. And, and these are things that God said is an, abomin- is an abomination uh, to him. It's an abomination. So why would we want to allow our children to be consumed with abomination, okay? Now, when they get older, we have no control over them totally, but we can pray for them and, and pray that the Lord will bring them into correction, the, uh, correction that he will bring them into uh, his will, that, you know, he will mold them and shape them into his likeness because some of us were in, in situations before in our past, and it wasn't nothing but God that brought us to where we are today Amen. in him. So we have to trust him in everything because you can, you can raise, raise a child up in the, the uh, way that they're training a child up in the way that they should go, and, and because of the influences around them, they can still stray off a bit. But one thing is is that if you raise them up in the way that they should go, it, it will be like the, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the uh, prodigal son. They will come back to their original roots you know, uh, in the time and the season that they, they're, they're destined to. God sometimes put us out on trails uh, to, to let us know when we do come to him that, that this, this is darkness over there. This is light. You have seen the darkness. You have been through the darkness. Now let me give you the taste of what the light is so that you will not have that desire to go back to the darkness and you understand what that darkness looked like. And, and he will use you even the more because you, he knows that now you have overcome uh, those principalities of wickedness. And so uh, one of the things is is that I, I love what you were saying uh, about that because um, the body of Christ do need to be wake up because some, some will be sleeping and their children will be going through the TV uh, station, mm-hmm. the channels, and they would not have a clue of what's going on. And I can recall a dream that the Lord gave me years ago. And in that dream, there was a it was a glassy sea, and there was these uh, uh, a big diesel came up. As was I was there on that glassy sea with an angel, uh, and the angel lifted up its hand toward. Uh, uh, this diesel that was coming in a black and uh, red diesel, and Satan and his uh, people were coming off of there, and they set up a stage. And the ki- the kids that all of a sudden I saw start started seeing coming, they were drawn to that stage. And I I was playing very hard. I was on the on the ground beating that sea and saying the blood of Jesus, the mm-hmm. blood of Jesus Christ. You know to be against. Uh, uh, the children and, and Satan, that they wouldn't make it over there. 
And I'm, I tell you the, uh, the truth, it, it's a burden. It's a burden that never ends when it comes to uh, making sure that uh, parents are aware that this, there is a darkness out there and, and uh, Satan wants children. He wants children. And I, I'll tell you something. He comes after those that are in ministry more so than he do those that mm. are just sitting. Uh, you, and, and it comes to the point of where you say, am I a disciple or am I a part of the multitude? And when you say that you are a disciple, then you get ready because that, the more you have to pray, it's not just praying, but the more you have to uh, put structure and alignment in according to the word of God to prevent the enemy for, for, for devouring everything around you, everything around you. So you seriously have to be in prayer in Jesus' name. Um, Minister Minister Belinda, please uh, share what the Lord has given you uh, as to what we're discussing. Yes. There's verses. You know, when you, on verse 5, when he says, House of Jacob, um, uh, and let us walk in the light of the Lord. Okay, so they have... They're not walking in the light of God, so they have detour from God. And they're not. If you're not walking in the light, you're walking towards darkness. And any time that happens, God will either send a warning, a dream, a revelation, or a, a prophet or prophetess or whatever. Some God will warn you that you're detoured from Him, because we know that uh, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. There's no life in darkness. There's nothing but death. And then it says, uh, um, they have forsaken, you know, on verse 6, therefore thou hast forsaken thy people and the house of Jacob. Okay, so Israel, Jacob was changed to Israel, represented the, the household of God. So they're no longer following what God is saying. And anytime, you know, the word of God is your light. It's your pathway to truth. It's your keeper. It separates you from darkness. And when we're in fellowship with one another, we're of the household of God. We're not of the household of strangers. He tells you to separate yourself. Separate means that you do not follow what is not of God. You could be in the midst of something, but you're spiritually separated from it. I live in the world, but I am not a part of the world. I don't live by, I live by the laws of the land because God says, but if the laws of the land should ever conflict between the word of God, then God's word tops that. Nothing else. You know, and, and the Lord said, have no other God before me. So they have now, when we don't take heed to, to, to pray, stay in the word of God, to pray for discernment, because pray for the spirit of truth. God is truth. There's no darkness in him. There's no sin in him. There's no deception in him. So as long as if they take heed to what God is saying, it won't cause you to detour. 
and and when my sister was talking about the soothsayers, it's when we begin to become relaxed, we stop trusting God. We seek after another spirit, and it's deceiving spirit because there's no truth in it. If God is the light, darkness is not the light, and it's not gonna it'll give you a false uh, a false a false presentation. Uh, she took us back to the Adam and Eve. They had mm-hmm. light all they walked in the presence of them. But he mm-hmm. gave them, he told them not to eat of the tree. And Adam took it. I mean, Eve listened to the serpent. And he represented the, the devil, the darkness. Mm-hmm. And what did he do? He came contrary to what God said. It did bring life. It brought death. So when we leave the the Word of God and begin to move towards uh, 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 witchcraft, soothsayer is witchcraft. And when you go to the root of that, it's it's rebellion. Gone, left the mind of God and the word of God and gone to your own mind, to your own thoughts. And so so much do you see, even in the present, it's so relatable to then and now. This is a constant warning from, mm-hmm. from Genesis to Revelation <laughs> that uh, people don't want to wait on God. Mm-hmm. They begin to say this road is too hard, or they become uh, uh, rather fulfilled at uh, the things that are set before them. And there's a lot of deception, and there's so many voices, so many in the Christian walk. There's so many prophets, so many this. If you don't, sometimes you have to disconnect mm-hmm. from what you're hearing. And go in the Lord. Hide in the Lord. I mean, take your, the, the place and seek God. Because he said the very elect, if possible, mm. are going to believe. You know, so if God has told you something, and you know it came from the Lord, but if you're not constantly before him saying, Lord, keep me. Keep mm-hmm. me connected. Me and your truth and your path of life, uh, a light. Keep me whole, God, in you. These things will will. There's so much that it'll look like God, and you'll think it's the spirit of God, and it's not. And you'll question God. Did I hear that? Was that what you told me? That ever comes. Get before Shut it all down and get before God and get new to what God. And so yeah. what you know is it doesn't matter what you see or hear. God, mm-hmm. I'll wait to get more. I'm not moving. Mm-hmm. And yes, yeah. it is a battle to stand before God, not for those that have surrendered their whole everything. And that's a renewing. Every day you're asking God that. Keep me, God. 
You be Lord over my mind. You be Lord over my heart. You be Lord over my ears. You be Lord of my thoughts, my yes, soul. Lord. Yes, Lord. That I'm everything in your word. That I'm not moved, Lord. And it's a constant sin. It is not too hard to wait on God. Mm-hmm. It is safe on God. It is dangerous to walk away from God. It, 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 and he says it's not by sight. And you have to make, a, a, he said, I am the alpha and the omega. And you have to take that to law. Let it be your law in your heart. He's the beginning mm-hmm. and anything in between there is irrelevant. If God has said this is what's going to, I'm giving you the beginning. This is what's going to happen. But it doesn't matter what you walk through, what you see, the end is here. I've spoken it. You can see your children, the new God, begin to say, and you can see it spiritually. They know where God has told them to stand. They know that God said, wait a minute, but they said, it's too hard, and I don't want to wait no more, so I'm going to do it myself. And while they're doing that, if they have children, so important about mothers and fathers, when you have he said, train up your children the way they should go. You know, God was trained. He trained his people by his word and his laws. But here they go, deviating. So he has to send his prophet to them. Because mm-hmm. they're going to go destruction. It never leads nowhere. Destruction. Mm-hmm. A loss. Of, loss. But right now, it's prosperous. Mm-hmm. And a lot of Christians and people look at, well, they must be a God because they're prospering. Not so. They're giving their hands to glory. God says, is the breath of life. Mm-hmm. He's trying to tell them, you, I have, without me breathing in your, in your body, have no breath of life. Mm-hmm. So God, I'm all things. When you come to the true knowledge, you know that there's nothing that you're doing that you couldn't do without God. You go to work, you earn a living, it's God getting you out the bed. Make your health disappear and you'll get some true understanding. Oh, oh Jesus, help us. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, look at Job. Job, Job didn't think he was uh, righteous himself. But in the eyes yeah. of God, he considered it being righteous. But everything around him was swept away. His kids, his, his, his everything, and even his wife began to challenge him and say, give up this God. But Job, you know, if you don't have the right spirit in you, and when I'm saying that you, you look, some people, some people was looking at Job, his friends was looking at Job like, uh, you don't have nothing, so you know you you down in this place, and you you. So they figured that Job didn't have no relationship with God, no connection. But also, and the thing about uh, Jesus Christ, oh, he's just a carpenter. So what you know, they didn't even want to even consider what he had to say, or consider that he had who he, he was, who he was. 
So they respected him. And so that's where there's going to be a big, uh, I think in these last days, that's where the biggest challenge is going to be at right there. Missing the boat of who really Jesus Christ is Mm -hmm. and who carrying the the torch of Jesus Christ in this mm-hmm. hour because they're going to be looking for the person that uh, says those things that sound like it's so secret and it's so good and it's, a, it's an idea, uh, it's an opinion that sounds so perfect and so wonderful, but no word of God is in it. And the spirit of God is not in it. And that's what's mm-hmm. going to make But see, you yeah. know, because when the Lord, the Lord, you can be on the incline, but I've seen many, many, many on the incline, and that, that's a human being. That's a human mm-hmm. being. And so, first of all, we shouldn't be putting our trust in, in a human being because of how they dress, uh, how, that look, and that the charisma in the, in the uh, voice. We shouldn't be there because if we are children of God, we should first know that we got to cling to the uh, divine, which is Jesus Christ. We have to cling to the vine, which is Jesus Christ. When we take ourselves out looking at, oh, because this person looked like this and they're driving this big car and we start chasing this, and there's people that's teaching that. There's there's people mm-hmm. who say, well, I'm a coach, so um, um, follow this and follow that. If you can't disciple that, if you're not discipling that person, if you're not bringing them up in the kingdom of God and teaching them to hunger and thirst for that word, and, and and that relationship with Jesus Christ, you, you're not bringing them nowhere because as long as they don't have that, they, they're going to still turn around back to the same nation. And we, the body of Christ, must stop proselyting in this hour. Mm-hmm. We and must see, stop there's, a prosperity, there's a prosperity that is of God. And he said, seek ye the kingdom of heaven first, and all these uh, things will be added unto you. That is the prosperity of God. He said, seek him. Seek the kingdom of God. And that means everything connected to it. Given you no longer have your will, but thou will God. You will become a prisoner for God. And he will add a country according to his riches and glory. See, we're not, we're not telling the whole thing. It's not prosperity that's on this earth that's not of God. And it's in mm. the church. Because he never said you could live any kind of way and you will be blessed. That's a lie. And you and 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 every disciple Jesus didn't have his own will. He constantly told them when they tried to trick him and move him out of God. Well, you're the son of God. That's what you say I am. And when they would say, uh, uh, do this, he said, no. I came to do the will of my father. He mm-hmm. didn't have freelance will. He only went where God, he only said what God told him. Amen. And when God told him, right? Yeah, but, but we, we have to realize that something is wrong with uh, uh the masses of people that go off into a building that say that they want to be Christians, but they don't, it's something about the word they want to stay away from. And normally, you know, when you stay away from uh, something, you, you know, like that, 
That means that you're running away from the truth because it, mm-hmm. it's a mirror. It's a mirror, and it reflects Jesus Christ is trying to reflect himself in us, in us, so that he can live in us and abide in us at every area of it, as, and as uh, Paul said, in spirit, soul, and body. Now, um, if we if we rejecting that, um, something is not right. Something is not right with us. There's nothing wrong with the Word of God because if we if we can pick up another book and we can read from chapter to chapter to chapter, I I don't I don't see that there should be a problem with us reading from chapter to chapter to chapter the Holy Bible if we say we are a Christian. Um, I, I want to move on though because uh, Lord knows. <laughs> Amen. Help us. I was, you know oh, what? Go, go ahead. Go ahead, sister. No, no. I just wanted to say that um, it's so timely that you speak about prosperity messages because when we look at the scripture and go back here, you know, it's something that Isaiah was lamenting about. He says that their land is also full of silver and gold. Amen. And, Judah, and when you Look at this. Judah had allowed false gods of wealth and materialism to captivate their attention. Like, we are captivated by materialism today. And, you know, when I read about this, they were actually in a time of economic economic prosperity. Because if you look at what he says here, he says they're full of silver and gold, no end to their treasures, full of horses, no end to their chariots. So they Mm. were far more prone to economic idolatry. And it's not an anti-wealth statement. I know um, I said something the other day, and someone, it was kind of a contentious back and forth. But, you know, God is not against wealth and riches. And he may choose to bless some people with significant resources for the kingdom. And so it's not a rebuke of that. It's a rebuke of the love of it and trusting in it. And mm. he says here that their land is also full of idols. So, you know, we all know that money can be an idol. And how Judah had, you can, when I was reading this, it called to mind how Judah had allowed those idols to cultivate their attention along, like the materialism. Because everyone, mm. including ourselves, we have a tendency to worship ourselves. Because he says here, mm. the work of their own hands, that which their own fingers have made. Sometimes we're tempted to worship what we've made and accomplished instead of worshiping the one who made us. And that's mm-hmm. not an anti-work statement either because I believe that God wants us to work hard and he wants us to yeah. show forth the work of our hands and he wants us yeah. to see our accomplishments that we, our own fingers made. But, Absolutely. again, it's not a rebuke of that, but it's a rebuke of the worship of what we have made and the worship yeah. of what we have done. And, so, and and even a lot of, and, go ahead. even coveting and glorifying over another's uh, wealth uh, is is just as equally um, you know, not of God because it's still looking at idolatry because you desiring it, um, you desiring to be at that level, and and that's not where God wants us to be. Um, God wants us to have the consciousness of him and, and what his will is for us as an individual or as a, a yeah. family or as a corporate uh, assembly. Um, so we, if we, 
we, when we take our focus off of his will in it, because, uh, you know, when we look at uh, people in the Bible, we realize that um, Paul and Silas had a different direction um, from, from uh, in, the, in their pursuit. They were called to uh, preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. So they, their pursuit and their focus was in tune with God's will for them. Um, now, it may be different for someone else. They may be called uh, to be a king. And being a king, you have to build up your kingdom. You have to build it up to the point where uh, it's going to sustain that kingdom. So it all depends on the will, you know, God's will. What is he purpose? Did he tell you to go and do all of those things, to build all of that wealth up? What What, what is your purpose in God, and that's where mm-hmm. we miss it all the time. We miss that a lot of the time. Um, when we look at, at Acts uh, 16, verses 9, it says, and when her masters saw that the hope of their gains were was gone, they called Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers and brought them to the magistrate, saying, uh, these men, being Jews, did exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. Okay, so we we see that Romans, the Romans also had a culture, and I want to back up, uh, I, I read 19 um, of, verse, of chapter 16 in the book of Acts, but I want to back up to 16 now. And it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by saying. Now, I'm reading in the authorized King James Version, but I know that there's another version of the uh, normal King James Version that said, a much fortune, much fortune. And, and uh, the spirit of divination met us and brought her master to much gain by soothsaying. So um, this this person, uh, this damsel, as it says in the Bible, is actually uh, uh, giving information to these people, uh, giving them what they want to hear because it's soothsaying, and telling them things that uh, about their future or, you know, their past or their present, but it's by a spirit of divination. And what is one of the keys of divination? Fortune. By soothsaying. And it says, and and the reason I can back that up with uh, uh, um, Balaam, I can back it up with Balaam because Jesus also spoke of uh, him in the book of Revelations, I want to say chapter 2, when he said that, uh, he hated Balaam because he taught Balak how to teach the Israelites and bring them into sin, eating a, a food that was sacrificed over to gods and, you know, those type of things. So we know that, again, uh, this is the Romans' culture that, at that time. That was their culture. Uh, divination was a part of their culture. Uh, Susan was a part of their culture, okay? And it said that... the. The same followed Paul and Silas and cried, saying, because it, it has no choice but to declare who they are connected with. 
and says, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which slew unto the, the way of salvation. So now this mm-hmm. thing is troubling them, troubling them, because he's bring, uh, Paul and Silas is bringing in the truth. They're bringing in the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is going to lead them to salvation. But now listen to this. And he did this many days. So you have these uh, 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 spirits of divination going out behind even uh, the authentic. You understand? Uh, I know you guys understand what I'm saying. And and proclaiming uh, that they're bringing trouble. They're bringing uh, bad things in. They're bringing uh, teaching customs that are not of, of everybody else's customs. These are the last days. So this is just one example of of the spirit of divination. I have a couple of more scriptures to go over, but I want to open up the uh, floor for uh, Sister Belinda. Please share your thoughts on that area. Yeah. Uh, God, when you uh, take that commitment serious, you're going to be said to be of the devil. You're going to be drunk and, and laugh, you know, like the rest of the people. You know, they're foolish. You know, the things they say are crazy. But God said he'll take those foolish things to make it wise, the wise things foolish. You know, it becomes a way to God. Now, they're bringing fear because when you bring the truth, it's a, a double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. It'll either draw you to God Or it's going to separate you And if it, the truth comes That which abides in it That's a lie Is not going to like But you know God's word will. It's the only It's the only thing That can, can, that can heal, deliver And save and set free You know even though Job When she said Job his son came and, and tried to put their perception. Well, Job said, you know, all this has happened. But he had done nothing. But thank God he had a look in him that could not be taken up. When he lost everything, he got his mind right. I focus on God. God Job had to say, you know, that... God was God. He still was going to be his God, even though he had lost every time. But, I mean, when you turn to Lucifer, I've said, and I don't think people realize what they, you know, say. You no longer trust the truth or God. You now go deviate to something. You're, you're you're not trusting God no more. You go into something else to get a truth that was not will not be a truth. Mm-hmm. Who's the Alpha and Omega? You know, why would I go up to a second of when God is <laughs> the author of wisdom and knowledge? Amen. And uh, Minister, I mean, our, our sister Tyler, 
can you please share what uh, the Lord has given you? Well, when you talked about that demonic girl um, in Acts 10, she had been following Paul for days saying this. And it just reminded me, as I heard you read, about how somewhere in the scripture it says that even demons believe and that they shudder. So they know the truth, too. And it just made me think about how, you know, this girl was crying out, you know, and how, you know, if you put yourself in that situation and you're a minister, and, you know, and in this in this instance, Paul was a, a prophet and an a, a apostle, rather, um, embarking this, on this huge ministry, being bugged by a demonic girl for days, saying those things. He eventually rebuked the spirit. And like you said, Sister uh, Minister Belinda, people got mad. You know, they got mad because they can no longer make money off of this girl. And, and But when we think about just not in the natural, what you're contending with, with people being angry and manifesting demonic behavior and traits, you know, anger and, you know, a, a, a spirit of, like they want to kill you. Oh. And... We know that that they, just like we have the spirit of God, I'm learning that those who are not of God, they have a spirit too. And that yep. spirit, you know, obviously is from the devil. And in this particular situation, you just have to imagine how Paul felt, you know, to be under demonic attack. You know, whether whether this demon was speaking truthful things or not, you know, he knew where the source was and when he eventually you know, cast a demon out of a girl, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't because she was set free, is what I mean. Yeah. She was no longer captive to the demonic mm-hmm. oppression that she had, but it made other people who were, you know, getting soup fans and things out of her mad, you know, because we are, I mean, we are in a real war. I know that Satan likes to, you know, hide behind things and masquerade as an angel of light. And people think that, you know, because we see we are so infiltrated in our media with, you know, you know, things that are not of God, that are contrary to God's will and so fleshly, that sometimes we can forget that there is a real enemy. There is a real spirit behind it. You know, I've heard Christians in my early walk say that they believe some anyway um, who call themselves Christians said, you know, that they believe that Satan is not real, that he's just an inclination of evil. When I heard this twisted theology, I just thought to myself, how how convenient for Satan not to be real, especially when Jesus spoke to the spirit. When I, when I say that, when he was being tempted, it was not an a, a inclination of himself. It was a real enemy out there in the wilderness trying to tempt him. We're fighting a real enemy, and I think that when we see, you know, demonic-looking things sometimes, you know, we think it's, some people think it's funny or they think it's entertaining that, you know, these figures look like zombies and, you know, things that are obviously, you know, meant there to distract and destroy. It's something that I believe that is no different. Even in our day, when we're, as Paul was contending with the demonic spirit, they had with, that was in that girl, you know, we have to 
it's not nothing to play with. You know, we put ourselves in a position where we're alienated from God, you know, or out of his spirit, out of his presence, away from him. It's not a place that we would want to be in the darkness, out of the light. Like Minister Belinda was saying earlier, that there is light and then that there is darkness. And then we have this enemy who masquerades as light, as light sometimes. So we have to, those who are in God have to be on guard, especially if you are of God and you have a spirit where you can see, you know, and discern, this, uh, you know, have a spirit of discernment to be able to discern these things in the spirit. You know, we look at the flesh sometimes and we forget that we need to, that our fight is in the heavenly realm, you know, in the dark places, the high places. And I just thought about how how great it was, you know, for our God to be magnified on that day. But I just, you know, in Paul's day, and but, you know, and that he was able to be walk, still walk in power. And I don't, you know, I was thinking about the reasons that you were talking as to why he would not have immediately, you know, dismissed it. But, you know, sometimes I just think that sometimes, you know, in our in our walk with God, we have to realize that, you know, these um, these apostles, these great men, these heroes of faith, you know, they did wonderful things on such a magnificent magnificent scale. But that Holy Spirit, that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, resides in us. We have power mm-hmm. too, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to speak to these things, to be able to rebuke these things from our presence, from our area, from our space, from our Domain And as kingdom kids The children of God You know it's a fascinating You know fascinating thing to be able to Be secure That you can have that Because I, you know we don't walk in fear Of these things You know Or when I mean by walking in fear of these things You know people of God Some of them fear You know the, the, the devil And fear evil And fear you know I, I say this because my my grandmother, um, just my from my own personal experience, was a witch. She um, was from uh, down south and from Louisiana, and it was like really common there. I mean, she would just, you know, I don't, I, I never went over there, but just from the stories that I would hear from my mom, you know, do weird stuff like throw salt on the ground um, and. Just a bunch of weird superstitious things, and to be able to have good luck to avoid evil. And I don't believe she ever considered herself a Christian. You know, she never went to church or anything like that. But she just picked up all of these habits and just passed on from generation to generation to generation to think that she has to avoid to, you know, do to avoid bad things happening to her. And I just thought about what a sad life to live, to live in bondage like that, you know, to live in fear of evil, to live in fear of that, and to be so fearful of that that you practice things to be able to appease the other side, I guess, so that you won't, you know, incur harm. And it's, and just that mentality itself is enslaving. I just thank God for freeing us from from that, from not having us nowhere near that, to 
I just thank God for the Holy Spirit that protects us. And I thank God for the word in our belly, the word in our heart, and the power that he's given us to rebuke these things. So he just reminded me of how Paul walked in power, and Paul was able to, you know, rebuke the spirit. And unfortunately today, some of us Christians, I think, are walking powerless. Amen. And we don't when we don't have to. Amen. Sorry, I didn't Amen. go off of you. That that I just felt that in my spirit. You guys, um, as you were speaking. Mm-hmm. And 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 I don't want to um, I don't want to say uh, go throw salt and believe in salt <laughs> because we're all right. in Christ Jesus, but. I, I just want to um, throw out a few biblical examples, you know. And I, I'm again, I'm not saying that salt cannot give you any energy, cannot do anything for you. But in the book of Second uh, Kings twenty-one, Elijah went out, uh, you know, and they were out, and they picked up some herbs that were not good, and he threw salt in it to heal the water. So I, I don't want to say make that a practice because even there were things that the Israelites were um, or in the time of Moses and the time of Abraham, God had given them uh, rules and regulations to follow as far as sacrificing animals. Um, but we're in a, a time of Christ Jesus. So unless God says throw some salt in the water and heal it, then there would be no reason to throw salt in any water, or unless God said, you know, uh, do this, you know, now and it will heal you and make you well. Um, there's no reason to do that. I mean, because a lot of people you, you take medicine. The doctor said, do this, but God can inspire you um, <laughs> just as well to take something that will heal you. So. I, I don't want to limit and say, oh, stay away from these things and stay away from that. But I do want to say, let it be by the Lord. Don't do it because mm-hmm. uh, you've been taught from generation to generation to do those type of things. Don't do it for that reason. And mm-hmm. and, and I want to say, too, you know, one of the things about divination, again, divination, you know, things like gossiping is, is a form of uh Darkness is not is not of light. Um, it's carried by demonic forces. And what happens is is that you see, uh, we see more and more of that in this hour because people have become so entwined with uh, media, journalism, uh, and 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 being able to stand there and wait and see what are they going to say now? What are they going to say this time? And people have become so in tune with uh, gossiping about entertainment, gossiping about the president, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Donald Trump, gossiping about Barack Obama, gossiping about uh, uh, any any person out there that they have lost what they're really supposed to be in tune with, and that is with Jesus Christ. Now, am I saying that you shouldn't know that? Uh, certain things that are going on around you that may affect your life. No, I'm not saying that. We should know that. But it shouldn't be that it has become your idol. 
It shouldn't okay. be that it has become an idol. And and also, too, to pick up the phone to listen to somebody for one hour or two hours to talk about um, uh, something or someone or something that you engage with on a, a continuous basis is a part of the idolism culture. And if if we don't um, move past those things, you know, we will stay behind but I'm saying I'm I'm saying that it's time that we have went down. But I'm saying it's time to stand up and move forward. Uh, the body of Christ. I'm not saying this is where we are and this is where we have to be. I'm saying stand up and move forward. Be steadfast, immovable, abiding in the will of God. Because we we can take those things and embed it in our mind and say, well, yeah, this is this and this is this about that person. And and you you may find that it's not true, but we will hold on to it and harness it, and begin to walk around and looking like oh this person likes this. And you never sat down and ate with them, you you never uh, lived in their house with them, you never been around them. They you only see them now and then, and you haven't seen them long enough to make a, uh, come by the spirit of God to know that individual. To know anything about them, so and that goes with uh, uh, pastors uh, and 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 everyone out there for for to to the highest of the kingdom of God or highest. We have to be careful about drawing and making assumptions about people because that is not the spirit of God. What that is is uh, self discernment and it's flesh. It's coming by flesh because it entered the gate. The hearing or the the mouth, it came out the mouth and it entered in. It wasn't that God came and told you Himself about this person. So we have to be careful about that because that is by demonic force also. Um, moving on to Deuteronomy, I want to look at Deuteronomy and what is it saying about divination. Because it's very important that we give a clear picture of what it looks like um, in those last days according to what Isaiah is saying. Not what Donna is saying, but what Isaiah is saying. Deuteronomy chapter eighteen fourteen, And this, this is love, the word of God. For these nations which thou shalt possess, Hearken unto observers of times, and unto governors, but as for thee, the Lord thy God, hath not suffered thee so to do. So he's again talking about um, governors. He's talking about how they're observing the times unto governors. And, and we can see, again, you know, horoscopes is a big thing now, and I don't know about where you guys live, but you you can say, but, you know, I, I'm in a place where you see psychic places, tarot codes, court readings, uh, you know, um, uh, someone, one of my relatives was telling me where they are, they were seeing a Wicca meeting sign, signs for Wicca meetings. Uh, in their in their territory, so these things are beginning to increase in the last days. And I remember even when I was in uh, uh, the south part of the United States, I was seeing uh, more psychics 
places beginning to come up, and there are signs saying $5 for a reading. But, you know, I, I have to tell you that there, there are people that are in the body of Christ that are flocking to these things. As you said um, earlier, Sister Tyler, you mentioned the medium. And that and God was very upset with Paul for going to a medium to call uh, to, to speak to Samuel. And it, it probably was wasn't even I mean, you know, it's not even that person, it's it's demonic. It's demonic. Um, Minister Belinda, please share your thoughts on that area. Uh, yeah, the word of God says though you know. Uh Daniel, you know, when that a king had that dream, he went to astrologers, soothsayers, and all of them. But he had to come to Daniel to get the truth. You know, uh, Saul was rebellious. He was uh, he walked a lot, and God had given him a word, and Saul tried to get the word different out of that soothsayer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God gave him. Came out of her, you know. So uh, uh, astrology, all of it. You're going to uh, un, uh, un uh, what do they call a familiar spirit? It's not of God. You're not. You, there's not but two forces working on this earth. You know, God is God's word, His spirit, and the devils. Yep. Demonic forces, they're real. Mm-hmm. And if God is not saying it, then you're listening to a spirit that is not of God to entice yeah. you farther away from God. He said, wait upon the Lord. Meditate. Wow. You know? He said, those that wait upon the Lord, they will be ashamed. But the world will make you think it's foolish to wait on God. Oh, well, she's just crazy. That's all she does. I was talks about the Lord. I'm waiting on God. You know? You, you, God, I owe this a long time ago. But thank God, God, it spoke to me first. Because I go to God first. And God said, you're not going to do, and these were Christians. You're not going, that's I said Hello? Yeah. Hello? I'm here. Yeah. Told me I couldn't go. Start, you know. And people are telling me, well, Sister Glenn, you can go to the singles, Christian singles. And God spoke. He said, uh, I didn't tell you to do that. Mm. God told me a scripture he would give me. It says, wait upon the Lord over and over and over. And I heard. Well, you know, how are you going to ever get a husband if you don't go out and meet? No, that ain't the word of God. Now, if God tells you to go, that's two different things. See, what Donna said, unless God tell you, that's the key difference. He said being led by the Spirit, not led by your flesh, not led by uh, uh, soothsayers, astrology, by gossip. 
which is demonic, like Donna said. He said, led by the Spirit. How can you know what God's saying if you don't invest time and sit and wait on God? And all these people of uh, of faith, uh, Paul, we're not putting our faith in Paul. He even said that, you know, but his faith was in God. They're examples of obedience. But that obedience came from God. God is the one that creates in us. Now, if you attach to God, God will direct you and guide you and strengthen you. It's by his, his power. He said, not by might, but by the power, the power of God, but by his spirit. And you have to be willing to wait, willing to only move by the direction of God. Yeah. Uh, I was one time. Uh, a prophet said, Sister Glenda, uh, have you been around uh, witchcraft? Mm. I said, no. I said, no. Then I began to meditate on that, and uh, God brought it up. Yeah. My grandmother, yeah. all of them, Louisiana, North Carolina, she came out of a bunch of superstitions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. A lady that I live next to, uh, dealt in witchcraft. She would give people these little uh, bad little pouches with different kinds of craziness stuff in it. And then yep. her, when I lived upstairs, the girl that knew her said, well, Linda, why don't you go down there? I said, no, I'm not. Hmm. Uh, another time I was an older woman where I lived asked me to go with her to ride with her. She didn't want to go you know, by herself at night. And I went with her. I didn't know she was going to go down to this place. It was in the city, somewhere in the city. Went down to a bottom basement apartment, and I had to wait in this hallway. Now, I'm going with her. I didn't say I was going to do anything. I didn't know what it was. She goes in this room. Then she tells me, gives me some money. I said, for what? She said, you go in there to him. I said, I don't want to go in there. I don't want to go in there for what? I go in there, and there's a man sitting there. And he had a Bible. <laughs> and he's going he started telling me, Well, you have a you have boyfriend trouble and you know what teenagers don't at a young age. A lot of stuff that it's like if you didn't know better, you snatched to that. But it was like mm-hmm. general position. Then he mm-hmm. gives me this little bottle with some some kind of it looked like clear water, but he said pour a couple of drops in your bathing water and bathe with it. Jesus. And when Jesus. I left in, I got home. I said, now I know he's crazy. Yeah. And I'm not, I don't know what you got in this bottle. I'm not putting it in my bathing water. I dumped it out and threw it away. No. Mm-mm. But mm-hmm. And he said, curse. The, I began to curse all of my ancestors that dealt with witchcraft. Witchcraft that was around me, you didn't understand it. It was. Because they can, you know, even like, you know, God in the scriptures telling the people, when you start worshiping and not giving God everything God told them to give him glory out of, 
You know, mm-hmm. everything they was to glorify when they brought the first fruits, when they did this, it was always glorifying God, like God and acknowledging that through mm-hmm. him the, the 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 they had seed, through him the waters, you know, it rained. But they're making they're not honoring God no more. Mm-hmm. You know, they aren't that it was through their strength of their hands. You know, they, they got so prosperous. You know, you can have a false illusion because you prosper, and and there's nothing yeah. wrong with prosperity. Yeah. But if yeah, it's not getting given and getting by God, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. by the work of your hands, it's damnation to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God wants his people, but it, it's a you have to know what God's will is and what yeah. the portion that going to give you according to his riches and glory. A lot of right. people Christians are happy with what God's given them. He's given that portion to you for his riches and glory. Hallelujah. It may be. Amen. Amen. Amen to that. So you're, yes, you're in life with God. You're not getting dis, dissatisfied. See, all those things bring them doors open. Mm-hmm. See, they have doors to open which brought idols. I'm no longer worshiping God. I'm going to worship this little idol. Do you see that? You know, and Mm -hmm. you're just, like you said, it's a war. And you know know when you're talking about this, Minister Belinda, you know, Mm -hmm. you have to look at how how is oil, you know, olive oil being used these days? Um, and and uh, how is uh, you know and people do they have some places where they have water and they they say that it's holy water and what did they do to make it holy water? Um, and, and you know and what are they doing with it? What are they what have they done with those oils before they uh, touching people with it and stuff? You know you we don't we don't really know and I'm not. Oh, Lord knows that I'm not saying that we shouldn't use uh, oil for anointing. I'm not saying that because it's in the Bible. The Bible says anointing. Yeah. But, but, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Because I know uh, I've known known things where people will say, uh, uh, take this oil home and uh, put it all over your body and all of these things. So, we have to know what what is the difference between uh, what God is saying, and that's why I'm, I wanted to bring out the Word of God when she was talking about salt, because some people will make a doctrine over salt, or somebody will even make a doctrine over water, or they'll make a doctrine mm-hmm. over uh, uh, oil. They'll make a doctrine over certain things. So we have to uh, really... Uh, know the word of God to align with the word of God, and this is where where we run into a problem. This is where it gets yeah. off base, and there's so many things that are going on out there. I mean, even uh, when it comes to uh, communion, somebody can make a mm-hmm. communion out a communion out of a doc, doctrine out of communion, and mm-hmm. and the, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have communion, but somebody can make a doctrine out of it, and somebody could be putting something in that. Uh, Communion that we don't know about to use divination. We don't know, but I'm saying yeah. this. This is what I'm saying. Okay, is that when, from my knowledge of divination, um, 
people can put cantonations in food. Um, And when we talk about transference of spirits, I mean, I can tell many, many of stories for years and years going back where, you know, if people touch you and they have the wrong spirit in them, it will certainly transfer. The wrong spirit will transfer. And you can actually, people do not believe uh, to the extent of God that um, they don't believe that people can prophesy. They don't believe that uh, people can see. They don't believe that an apostle's authority. They don't believe in the uh, gift of evangelism and teaching and pastoral. So they don't realize that places they have been, things they have communicated with, if a person is really in God, they will see that. They will certainly see it. Now, and, and, then, and let me tell you about this hour that we're in. The, the uh, enemy is the offender, and he's also an accuser. Mm-hmm. He's also an accuser. So if anybody uh, tell anyone that they don't, they never got angry and they're not angry, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Something is wrong with that person. But the Bible mm-hmm. says, be angry, but do not sin, and don't let the sun go down with your anger. Yeah. So obviously Paul understood that there was going to be some anger. But my thing is is that we don't live in the anger because there's a God who can take the anger away, and if we choose to be aligned with his word, it will come out. And so you do have people walking around with the wrong spirit, and it will transfer to another, and it can transfer by any gate. It can transfer by the ears. It can transfer by uh, touch. It can transfer by any form of nature. Uh, contact with an individual. So if somebody can lay hands on someone and transfer a spirit of of, of uh, uh, perversion. And you uh, and had... can wake up and wonder why why they having these type of dreams. So if, yeah. if, when you come in connection with the wrong spirit, definitely when it transfer, you, you either it's going to come in your dreams or you're going to be doing something during the day and you're going to be wondering, why am I doing this because this is not me. This is yeah. not my nature. Yeah. And the devil, the devil comes through the back door. He doesn't come through the front door. Because when you come in, in the front door, you deal with the person that has an issue, you don't you don't go, and this is why I'm talking about gossip again, you don't go around uh, corners and snake around certain ways to get a point across. The way you do it is you go to the individual. You don't, there's no back door. There's no reason to go through no back door if you're authentic and you're walking in the truth. Yeah. Because if you, are, if you are a pastor, you're an apostle or evangelist or prophet or a teacher, you should be able to go to this person and look, I see this about you because you're bringing them into restoration or you're bringing them into salvation because that's what we're here for, to bring people into salvation. It's not that you are doing it to uh, try to cave that person or try to manipulate that person. Or try to, you understand, that's witchcraft right there. Uh, Sister Spencer, please share your thoughts. Well, just thinking about how, you know, um, how you, when you were talking about the transfer in the spirit, 
you know, how just learning about um, my my family, you know, and the generations of what of what they've been involved in. Though, you know, unfortunately, like I said, you know, there were some family members who were involved in, you know, actively involved in witchcraft. Uh, my grandmother, and uh, I just remember my grandfather. He was a one instrumental person in helping me come to Christ. I say that even though he's gone now because he would do things, um, you know, as we would spend time together just trying to instill the word in me and trying to um, help me to – he was just a man of God. And uh, unfortunately, you know, I was a Jehovah's Witness at the time and we really couldn't be around him. Um, But he had so much insight. Um, as you know, I, I got older and was able to, you know, talk to him a lot more about him being in Louisiana, and, and I don't want to pick on this particular state, but just where my family have, happened to be from. And he would say how he grew up in a house where he would see things, and it would be terrify him because he didn't know what was happening. And I just remember getting this overwhelming feeling like. He was telling me, you know, like a ghost story, but he made me made me very aware, well aware, at a young age that, you know, that when you dabble in things that are not of God, that you put yourself in a position where you are open to attack, and you're open for things like that to happen. And I can't recall any personal experiences of my own, but listening to you, you guys, have just called that to mind for me. And as you said about gossip, I, I mean, I know that's been a recurring theme that we've talked about throughout our, you know, the um, podcast today. The it, hmm, gossip, you know, the Bible tells us that our tongue is powerful, that it can tear down, you know, that it can, you know, be a thoughtless word. It's like a sword, you know, like a staff, and that how. We have there's power in what we speak and don't speak, you know, and it just made me think about how, you know, when we have to be careful when we touch other people with our mouths, you know, be they anointed, and all of us are walking in God, so you want to assume that everybody has an, an, an anointing, anointing unless they demonstrate otherwise, you know, by their fruit, and. In doing that, we are engaging in something that could be very demonic, you know, speaking against those who God has appointed and anointed for a task. We never want to be in, in a position where we are gossiping and tearing down people within the body of Christ or engaging in hurtful and slanderous talk that could damage the reputation of someone else. And because what we're doing is being allowing ourselves to be used by the devil when we do that. And if it's not of God, then it is most certainly of the devil, you know, when we're engaging in behavior like that. But I just think that overall, you know, when we think about our uh, reflection on Isaiah 2 and what they were doing and engaging in it, not being so different than what we engage in today, or people who are not of God engaged in today, 
said we have to be so careful because, you know, we could put our, endanger ourselves spiritually, endanger other people spiritually. You know, what we do doesn't just affect us, like you were saying about being in an environment where somebody's laying hands on you and, you know, they have a spirit of perversion or a spirit that is not of God. You know, I just think about, you know, not being, as a Christian, not being oppressed by demonic, I mean, uh, and possessed, rather, by demonic uh, forces, but being oppressed and how you can allow yourself to be in other people who are attached to you, like my children, you know, being bothered by certain spirits because you carry in a spirit, you know, and I just think that it's just so true that even in my um, walk with God, you know, that you have to be on guard and you have to have the Holy Ghost. You have to have the Holy Spirit guiding you and protecting you and being able to do like Paul was able to do, speak to that thing and say, in the name of Jesus, you know, he spoke Jesus' name in order to combat what was going on around him. And we should be able to not walk in fear of these things, you know, being scared to cut off lights and walking around in fear because we know fear is not of God, especially not a spirit of fear. But we should be able to walk in power knowing that we're fighting a defeated enemy already and that Jesus has already won and that you, his name is powerful. It moves heaven and earth and it definitely casts that, you know, demonic oppression away from us. Whenever we ever feel in, in a position where we feel like we've been attacked, you know, on our jobs or we attacked in, in our homes or, you know, we haven't, we're at war with ourselves, we have demonic thoughts, you know, because we're, even though we're all Christians, we're, we're, and we're spiritual beings, we are in fleshly cases, we in the flesh, and sometimes thoughts can enter our mind, or we can say something, or we can be driving in our car and somebody cut us off, and all of a sudden you're displaying a demonic anger, you know, to a point where it's a problem, or you're yelling and cursing at someone or something like that. You know, we will always want to be controlled by the spirit in everything we do. And the way that we know that is by the fruits that we're exhibiting. You know, is it love? Is it goodness? Is it those fruits that we're displaying? Not, you know, the world at large who seems to be alienated from God and is displaying a demonic spirit because of it. Amen. 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 Absolutely. You know, um, I wonder, Minister Belinda, I think I want us to go a little bit deeper in that because a lot of times the way I see is that when we talk about the fruits of the Spirit, about peace, love, and, and certain things, I think people may have a different picture because they reflect on themselves instead of on the love of Jesus Christ, where he came down from the heavens and he gave himself um, 
for us that we might know him in his likeness. And a lot of times I believe that the fruits are depicted as what the what how I feel. Um yeah. You, you know, instead of what does God feel for us, what is his will for us? And his love is, as Jesus did, was come down to reveal, bring revelation into the earth and God's reign into the earth. Because when we talk about the kingdom of God, we're talking about the reign of God in the earth so that people can connect with God. And once they're connected, you know, it's less feelings and less emotions because the spirit of God in us is overruling. Not meaning mm-hmm. that, you, you know, you're not reflecting on self so much, but you're reflecting on the will of God. Um, mm-hmm. What are your thoughts in that area? Yes. Because, see, we have a form of love that we've learned from the world and from religious uh, uh, sector. And it has nothing to do with God. The spirit of God is the ultimate source of love, and his love is different. You know, uh, it's a love of uh, of denial of self. It's a love of discipline. It's a love of correction. It's a love of, of uh, loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and body. You know, Jesus was the representation of love. And how he lived was an example of that. You know, it's a, it's a, love is committed. And it's a commitment not of your emotions, not of your flesh. His flesh was disciplined. You know, his love was committed uh, of commitment, of not self-indulgence not self-will, and not self-thoughts. It wasn't a love of the flesh. It was a love within the spirit, but the spirit had authority with the flesh. It lined, his flesh didn't disobey God. And and that love is different. You know, a, a, a lot of uh, the things that I learned and so much of my own thoughts, that was the greatest battle, is cutting away my flesh. I had such a strong flesh, emotions, you know. And some things people told me, well, you're not, you're, you're cold. Come to find out those are the things I was holding on to that were in the Word of God. You know, that no, that's not love that you're talking about. Y'all are killing each other, lying to each other, committing adultery, all kinds of craziness. And you tell me, you're telling me this is, you know, you want me to love in this world. And it's not. <laughs> They'll say, and we've gotten a thing of, of, well, God is love. Yes, he is, but God is with correction. There's, there's order. He even tells us that the ants, he looks at the ants. The ant knows how to obey God. Now, this is, we are way superior to the ant. But yet the ant stores in the, in the summer for the winter. Everything in this planet, everything has alignment. Everything has an order. There's not a love. God said, 
God chastises those that he loves. He corrects us. He doesn't, we're not out here in just nala na land with no order and no correction, no, no, no substance. This man came down here and asked God, let me go. I'll go. And he lived that life and from a 12-year-old child until his death. And even when he went into the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed so hard. And when God showed him that cup, he asked the cup, let it pass him. But in the latter end, this is the love of God. He said, not my will, Lord, but thy will be done. And God will ask you in the scriptures, how much do you love me? You know, I think of Peter, or Peter or Paul, when he asked him, how much do you love me? You know, and he wants him to a fisherman of men. Mm-hmm. He's telling him, God was telling him, not your life, but this is the life I'm bringing you to. And how much do you love me? Mm-hmm. Are you willing to give up your life that I may give you life? Wow. He said, no love that that a brother has that won't lay his life down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when I sit here in this house day after day, Year after year. And I've heard many things said to me from my own household. Oh, Belinda and her dreams. You know, like it's a joke. Those are revelations, honey. Mm -hmm. In the same breath, you laugh at my obedience, but you live a life of disobedience. But when hell breaks loose, you come and find this crazy person. Wow. Pray for me. God, how many, how much the foolish things of this world. And, 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 and the love that, that the love yes. that you will have, the love that you will have, no matter what they did, like Jesus, you still will pray for them. You still will, will help them. Them. You will and still will allow them in your yes. presence. You know, because yes. it, hope, the hope is, is that they will have salvation in it all. Yes. They will get authentic because uh, yeah. Revelation of Jesus Christ out of it all. So it's not yeah. that you you blind. It's not that you blind, uh, or no. that you can't see, uh, or or that even Paul went with Sapphira and Ananias when they came. It wasn't him. It was the Holy Ghost. Uh, mm-hmm. but, so he he uh, he knew what they were doing, but he he just yeah. didn't say it. You know, because yeah. of. You know, you understand what I'm saying? Because it's love. Yeah. That's that's love. love. When 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 you're being pricked and prodded down like Jesus was was yeah. being whipped, and then he's still at the cross, and he said, "Lord, forgive them, for they forgive. know not what they do." Even though he was that's coming and telling them the truth, they despise yeah. them even the more because at one moment they said they chasing and running around them the multitude. Not the not the disciples again, because that we're talking about two different, distinct things. Because the multitude was like they loved him one moment, but but when he was telling them the truth, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him, yeah. and to the point eventually that he was crucified. But nevertheless, mm-hmm. his love was such as that 
you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I want them to live. I don't want them to die and go to, yeah. go to uh, hell. I want them to be able to enter into to paradise with me. And so yes. even though the thief it was called a thief and written by the word of God mm-hmm. as a thief, one of them went to heaven, but the other one rejected rejected it, yes. rejected him at the cross. So yes. when I'm talking about the multitude, the multitude, they sway backwards and forth. They go like this, and then they come this way. Um, yes. and, and and so the disciple is different. The di- disciple decides, desires to be uh, underneath the will of God. They desire to... Yes. Uh, do things the way God will be, and and, and it's better to obey than sacrifice. You know, yes. because David was like when he when he sinned, he's like creating me. You know, clean yep. there you go, there you go, and I think everybody knows that. And so mm-hmm. in that, he's willing to be for real. I feel mm-hmm. I feel like I'm dirty, and I want you to cleanse me. That's the voice yes. of a disciple, but but you know. The multitude, when Jesus was had fed the multitude and they, he was getting ready to divide, he said, uh, he he said he put the multitude. Uh, he said he sent them away. They yeah. went one way. He told the uh, disciples, get on the boat and go across. And he said, yeah. I'm going up. And he went up into the mountain. What to pray? You right. understand? So yeah. so. He sent the multitude one way, and he sent mm-hmm. the disciples another one. Mm-hmm. And it, what what was he doing with the disciples? He was still teaching them along the way. He was training them. Yeah. He was teaching them and training them that because later on he's walking on the water toward them when the storm mm-hmm. is arising. You see, yeah. so. Um, the multitude will always be uniquely different from the disciples, and that mm-hmm. that that is proven by the word of God. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can, if we can dis- train up them to be disciples, then it will be different. The thought will be different, and yes. and and that's that's the difference. So, uh, an apostle will always be different from the multitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yes. And a prophet will be different from the multitude, and that's understandable. Mm-hmm. But yes. the multitude should want to become a disciple because they, if you're in Christ, you're a new creature, and mm-hmm. you desire to be like Christ. And Christ said, "The greatest, the great commission must be fulfilled: go yeah. ye into the world, preaching the gospel." Right. Gospel. So yes. that desire will be there, but. The, the the religion or the the multitude stance is let me just sit here and 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 eat and feed from it, but not yeah. you know going and engage and go to the next level because it's too grievous and it is a various uh, challenging place to be, but yeah. nevertheless we must grow and go right. to that point. You know it's hard to get past that point of fourth dimensional mm-hmm. thinking of how I feel and what I think that's, instead of what does the, the that, Lord. That, and that's when that, the love, that, you begin to really understand the real love of Christ because 
you go through those nails and you go through those uh, those uh, uh, spiritual bruises and 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 the, the pains and the sores, but yet you still you know you're okay and I love you. I want you to be well. You you understand yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, when, we're getting. I'm going to give you a few minutes to say whatever you're getting ready to say, but we're getting close to the end time. And I want to uh, also be able to open the line. We do have a caller that's on with us. Um, And then everyone share their uh, at least five minutes of their final words before we close out. Go ahead, Mr. Lynn. When you say it's a warfare, see, you know, uh, uh, when a mother turns away from the word of God and and begins to live a life of fornication, and her mm-hmm. daughter or her son is looking, then you're telling your child, you're opening the door of the enemy, and you're telling your child it's okay to fornicate. And I I'm, want to say this real quickly. And this child, the daughter, was a virgin up until she was 18 years old. When she walked through my, the house, my house, I knew that she was no longer a virgin. And then later she told me, and I told her, I said, I will always love you. I don't agree with your choice. I wish you had not. And I said, but I'm going to let you know you opened the door. And I shared, when I opened the door, believing the world's policy growing up in New York, all that I went through. And I said, but I'll pray continually for you. Uh the son is, uh, was close to God. He's not real close to God, and he's going through torment right now to the point he's still pulling out his hair. So uh, that's, that's all I got to say. Mm-hmm. Amen. And so when, when, when religion comes in, too, it becomes challenging because religion is like, well, they're supposed to look like this, and they're supposed to feel like this and taste like this and smell like this. And, um, you know, and uh, the Bible says in Isaiah, uh, I want to say 53, it says Jesus was not of stateliness. That means he didn't have that look and that feel of that, that, that appearance that was someone would want to listen to him or follow him. But they were following him basically because of the miracles that they were seeing. And, um, but, you know, we have to begin to rethink our way. Uh, where, well, uh, Job's family structure is, is broken down. It's not functional. So why would mm-hmm. I want to listen to him? Uh, you know, and how? what, what can he say? I, I, I have more say than he does. You know, and, uh, you know, there, there's so many things that the religion, precepts and laws of man, will block the body of Christ from making it in. And I just want to, if, we're, if we don't begin to deal with uh, things from the eyes of the Word of God and look at characters off in there and see uh, what kind of characters God used, because Elisha, I mean, in those days, they, the, according to the Word of God in the book of Hebrews, uh, they, they wore what? Uh, 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 clothes of the animal skin They wasn't walking around Beautified But yet they had some Elijah had some serious power Elijah had yeah. some serious connections You know so we have to be Careful about how we 
uh, cage individuals, and that that's love. Okay. Uh, let me um, open up the lines. We do have a caller and let them share so we can uh, share our final words with the body of Christ for the solution uh, of what we went over in Isaiah chapter 2. Verse, we we went, we kind of uh, skipped around a little bit on it, but uh, we were speaking of Isaiah chapter 2, verses 5 through 22. One second, I'm opening up the line for the caller. Please uh, state your name and where you're calling from. If you uh, choose to remain anonymous, that's okay as well. Thank you. Uh, yes, hello. My name is Gigi Adams, and I'm calling from Georgia. And I've been listening into your show. It's very enlightening. And we need this every day in our lives to help to teach our children. I've listened to the book of Isaiah, Revelations, and all the, all the scriptures that you have related to. The part about the witchcraft I've heard, and, and I will say this in, in, in my own words, that um, I listen to, to, the, to the words of the of our pastors and some of our pastors are are to me in a non spiritual way because they, they say things and they do things that are just different from what you say and how you act and how you're teaching, which is very well very well understood. I teach my children the same way and my grandchildren. But we are followers of Jesus and we should always strive to keep our faith in God. The devil I believe knows our weaknesses, being weak hearted allows us to lack our faith, we, we lose it and we go to this soothsayers like the Reverend was saying earlier in the show and also witchcraft, which one of the generals was saying, one of your pastors was saying in the show. So the devil to me is the root of all evil and we allow it in our lives by being negative all the time instead of listening to God and following God in our pathway. These evils will consume us. We really need the strength of God for us to know that prayer is our breath. It is our breath. We live it. We breathe it every day. We need it to survive. It is our light. And if we believe in him all the way to the end of days, as the show was talking about, nothing or no one can force us to stray. No soothsayers, no witchcraft, no no false prophets, no one, because we will already automatically know that way. And I believe that God is always standing in the front of the door to our heart, and our heart is that doorway to let us know right from wrong. So when the end of days come, that door will always be open. And adopting to a path of prayer for us is one of the most important things in our lives because in prayer we must we must believe and entrust ourselves with God. Amen. Amen. Amen, absolutely. I, I totally agree with you, right? Um, I'm not going to talk too much. I want to allow uh, Sister Spencer, please share your final words with the body of Christ during the last 10 minutes. Thank you. Amen. I just wanted to say, um, you know, that the, you know, Isaiah is, yeah, I just love the scriptures. You know, the scriptures that we, we are told that they're written aforetime, you know, for our instructions for us to draw draw from. And, you know, we learned about how, you know, in, in Isaiah 2, where God is telling us that, you know, that soothsayers and divination and astrology and that sort of thing is has, is, has no place among his people. And even though some people may look at this as being the Old Testament, 
You know, we have not been given any edit or anything from God that would lead us to believe that he does not feel the same way that he did about his people dabbling in astrology and looking for guidance from anyone else but him. You know, as a matter of fact, Isaiah is saying that, you know, the judgment of God will fall upon, upon such people because he, again, he says, thou has rejected thy people, the house of Jacob, because they are diviners from the east and soothsayers like the Philistines. So, again, if we turn to the New Testament, we don't find anything that changes divine rejection of the occult. So we have to be on guard as Christians, as those walking in the spirit, walking with God, that it seems to me that there is a clear teaching of Scripture that God's people should not be involved in practices of the occult in any way and that those practices that involve dealing with the world of spirits or supernormal forces or paranormal things, that's not of God. It's not orientated on Jesus as he is revealed, as he is the way that he's revealed in the Bible. And I just thought how we should also realize that the answer is is one. It's the same where everywhere in the New Testament that I, we can overcome and stand in victory against demonic forces and that we can do that by our, our faith and that we stand on the sufficiency of that revelation of God. We stand on sufficiency of this revelation of God, rather, uh, of the revealed word of God, and there's no other secret knowledge that we should be trying to divine or try to ascertain that Jesus Christ alone is is the power that we should be seeking, not psychics or any other spiritual power, that those who are in faith, we want to cleave to Jesus, we love Jesus, we adore him, we trust him, and we realize that we are sufficient in him and that we will shun anything that would um, take us away or lead us into some type of spiritual harlotry where we turn into mediums and consult mediums for them because we are, when we do that, it's almost like we're committing adultery against God because Jesus Christ is the husband of the church. He is God's fullest revelation. All that we need to know, all the power which is good for us, it comes from him only and his word. So when we go after secret things and oracles and psychic powers, we say in effect that our husband is unsatisfactory, that somehow that we must seek lovers somewhere else. So when we, a Christian peace that their horoscope, he's treating the same, Jesus the same way a husband would treat a wife. When he was, he's peeking at, you know, something that he's not supposed to be peeking at to titillate himself because he no longer gets satisfaction from his wife. So involvement in the occult is wrong, it's spiritual adultery, it's rebellion against the sovereignty of God, and it belittles his revelation, and it exalts ourselves above his, above his word. Amen. Amen. And I, I think you summed it up very well. <laughs> I, I think you have summed it up very well. And um, Minister Belinda, what do you say is the solution for anyone that uh, is in this state of mind um, in the book of Isaiah chapter 2 last day? What do you say to them I to be able to come out of that? What is Come back. Give your life to the Lord, because He's the only answer and the only hope. And you know, I was reminded a little while ago, yesterday, as I sat, because I've been warned over this stuff, and emotions try to come. You know, when you 
I cannot embrace this this thing and this man. And the enemy wants me to look and say it's the person. It's not the person. It's what in the person. And uh, the Lord reminded me, you know, because like the sister saying, we have authority. And he brought me back to the first time that I uh, became aware that there was actually a living God. And there's a key to that. And when Isaiah was going to the people, he was trying to remind them who they were serving. This is a God that took them through the, 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 the uh, desert, gave them manna out of heaven, opened up the Red Sea, all of this stuff. This was a living God. And it's, it, it's, and everybody that has been touched by God, this is a living, a personal testimony to, to you. You know, if you've been touched by God, you know there's a living God. And when God brought that back, he said, Belinda, I'm the one that made the heavens and the earth. I have control of the elements. He alone can move mountains. This is the God we serve. And he said, you're not fighting uh, flesh and principalities. You know, with flesh, but you're fighting with principalities and not places. But it is not, that does not have authority over me. He brought back the prophetic words that he gave over these people that I'm watching open doors to the enemy. He said, My word is the Alpha and the Omega. Nothing in hell can stop the word of God. Nothing can trample over the word of God. If I spoke it, it will be done. Those that have sat before the throne room of God and have prayed for years, nothing can erase that prayer. It's powerful. No devil in hell can rewrite God's word. And I spoke the very words that God prophesied as a reminder. He's shaking my spirit. Amen. Amen. And he, I said, you prayed before they were born. I told you they were coming. He said, they are mine. And I said, Lord, ain't no devil has them in their hand. You have the last say. You had the first say, and you had the last say. Amen. 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 And we're getting ready to close out now. We have only one minute left, and I I just want to say to the body of Christ, Jesus is the way, and he's the truth and the life. And you can find him in his word. In John chapter 1, it says that Jesus is the word. If you can get it, you can be saved. And, I, and and if it's too hard for you, say you do need to connect with someone that will genuinely take to know Jesus Christ in his likeness. John chapter 15 is a great place to start. Jesus is the vine. He is the true vine. And I, I just want to say this um, to you that we appreciate you listening in. And I want to say, may the grace of God be with all of you. May he empower and equip you for the days to come. In Jesus' mighty name, God bless everyone.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.